And recording, recording. This uh, meeting is being recorded. Mm. Recorded. Uh, Dan Duran is here. Okay, we can relax now. Fred Duran is here. Is he? Oh, I don't know. He, he takes a while. He, like, he takes a while, man. He doesn't like to get right into it. He likes to take a while. That's okay, man. Well, when you're firing things up, I don't want to be talking <laughs> over everybody. Yeah, well, things are fired up. I think we're good. Um... Okay, here we go. <sighs> Does anyone well, let's all stretched out there? <laughs> You're talking about me coming in late. That's stuff you do first thing, isn't it? Like a stretch. Did I hear a, a, a snap there? A, I could have. I don't know. My body's a my body is a wonderland of pain. <laughs> Speaking of which, you know, we always talk about get go, getting old. How old are you? Or well. What does it say about you when you look at Martha Stewart in the uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition and she's looking not bad? What? She's she's 81. Martha Stewart's in the... There we go. You didn't tell me that. No, well, I'm telling you now. And then I'm, I'm Mar- seeing it last night on the news and I'm thinking, geez, <laughs> she's 81. And, you know, they got her dipping her hair in the... You know, like all the young yeah, hot yeah. models do. They got her doing all those things. <laughs> uh, I got. Uh, I need images here. Martha Stewart is the oldest. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah, man. She looks good. Yeah. Do you think she's had some work? She must have. Had some oh no, work. she admitted. Yeah, she's had some work. She oh, really? looks great, okay. man. But her work seems to have been somewhat successful. Yeah, it's very gentle. Unlike some of the other horror stories we've seen over the years. Well, look at the stuff that we've had done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I should never have had my tits lopped off, ever. <laughs> oh, there she is with the little making kissy face in, in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, she looks great. Listen, I, uh, listen. That woman that I met in San Miguel who passed away, yeah. she was 80 years old and similar looking to Martha Stewart. Her name was oh. Emily Marshall, and she was very attractive. You could. You can see a scenario where that could play on. No, I'm sure. Like, it, pff, she's 81. Any guy over 75 who could still get a boner, I'm sure, would be right into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's an app for that now, Fred. Head to pill. Let's get this show started because, you know, people are clamoring for a uh, new beginning. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred's Toronto Studios from our Bla- Brampton facility blah, 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 blah. with a pool. I'm drunk. And from Lisa's house <laughs> in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Alcat Architect Outdoor Living, and our newest sponsor, but not really, returning to the Humble and Fred show, Palma Pasta. And now, here are two men who are ready to step in and help WestJet if their pilots strike on Friday. Oh, yeah. As long as they can fly the planes from home, it's Captain Humble and First Officer Fred. You know, I've decided now, Dan and Fred, that I, there's an allowable amount of stains on a shirt that I will wear again. And today I'm wearing it. I wore this yesterday, but I only wore it for the show. Because I had to put on my golf costume after. And then uh, I just looked down. I'm like, yeah, I have just an, a certain... There's, there's, not a, there's not too many, 
but there's an allowable amount of stains. Do you fellows have the same criterion? No, and I think that's a direct result of you not living with a woman right now. Ooh. Because if I come downstairs and there's a uh, stain on my shirt, it's immediately brought to my attention, and I march right back upstairs and change. Well, I think you're correct on uh, one account, but I am living with a woman now, my uh, daughter, but she <laughs> she has more stains on her clothing than I do, yeah. which is great. <laughs> yeah. Different attitude. Exactly. Um I have this olive oil problem that, you know, I use a lot of olive oil and it'll splash up on a shirt and through the laundry. It doesn't seem to come out unless you used a spray and wash or an oxy on the actual uh, olive oil spot. That is a problem. So often I'll have a clean T-shirt. I'll put it on and there's some olive oil spots that I didn't spray and wash. So off she comes and back in the water. <laughs> I, I, I have pen. I have a question for you, too. Well, you, I'm not sure how much laundry. Dan, you do laundry or does Lisa now do it for you? No, I, I've always done my own laundry. Okay, easy now. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. you know. yeah. Same here. Not uh, all of it, but enough. Yeah, so I've been doing my own laundry for a long time. Uh and uh, I don't know what to do. I have a pen mark on a pair of shorts I really like. Like, they're nice shorts. They're nice golf shorts. And I thought, okay, I'd, I just threw them in the wash. And when they came out of the wash, the pen, don't ask me why I have pen on my shorts. The pen mark is still there. Is it a spray and wash problem or? No, here's a life hack. Get the pen and color all the shorts in pen. <laughs> <laughs> that's it'll take br- you a couple of days that's, and a couple just, of pens just, just that's great i should just put yeah. little no but not all of it just keep putting pen marks like dang on they intend it it's a these are the pen <laughs> shorts right. everyone's wearing them that's right yeah they're pen shorts and that's great another advantage to that would you splash stuff on them you won't really notice <sighs> Uh, is it a spray and wash issue, Dan? What do you think? I don't, you know, I don't think that that's... Uh, you'd have to read the label on that stuff. I think you'd have to go more with a, like a, some sort of solvent, like... Uh, like bleach? Uh, well, no, 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 not bleach. Like rubbing alcohol. Oh, or, yes. Or maybe, uh, maybe a hand sanitizer. That no, no, that's a great idea. Test, I mean, Fred's out. was a great idea, but yours is actually an idea I can use. Yeah, so try it. But, you know, just be careful that... Uh, I mean, it could just spread the... Uh, the ink out a little bit so you get a bigger blotch but you know what yeah, you okay. got to lose how do you buy oxy uh, i do i have spray and wash yes no oxy it's like oh powder. you mean oxycontin no i'm not used to <laughs> uh for a while there i was really into it but you know the street value i didn't get my thin thing i was getting my good value from that yeah um anyway it's pretty good like you can throw it in the wash and it brightens stuff up like whites and what have you mm. but if you have a stain you can take a little oxy Put it on the stain and like you know a little bit of water and just rub it in. A is it that granular it. stuff? Is it like an yeah? Egg? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it. come on over to Oxy, Howie. Come yeah, on. that's right. That's the only Oxy we're doing. <laughs> I should just go to Fred's and then you know have a little. Yeah, let me just go party. do a little laundry, laundry party. Ain't no party yeah. like a Freddy laundry party. Like a friendly laundry Fred laundry party. Um, all right, listen, there's a, an important subject I'd like to bring up. It's the uh, something that only happens, I think, to older people. But it happened to me last night. It's happened uh, a few times. I, mean, I don't know, maybe once every few months. Have you ever been woken up by an excruciating, like excruciating leg cramp? Oh, yeah. God damn it. Dan, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've had one of those. Just first one I've ever really had. Happened about a week ago. Really? What do you mean your first one? Wow. 
How does that? What, what you explain what what happened to you, please? Well, I woke well woke up and it's just I had this cramp in my leg and I it I just there was uh, it was like in the lower part of my leg and I just couldn't get rid of it. Just, yeah, it just oh, I, I I moved every way and did you get out of bed? In the end, I did. Yeah, yeah. Tried to stretch it out, do do something, and see. That's the thing. There's the I. There are like stages of cramping where, like, so you know, at first you sort of get the cramp. And you think, oh, that's a leg cramp, and then you think, oh, and you're sleeping. You'll think, oh, it'll go away, and then you're thinking, no, it won't go away. You start stretching it. Then you're like, I've got to get out of bed, and now I'm walking up and down the hall in my bedroom, trying to get rid of it. <laughs> but uh, but now it's happened so much lately, and I think it happens because of lack of uh, water. You know, you're dehydrated. But I thought you drink lots of water during the day. I didn't. I maybe I needed to drink more water yesterday. I was outside all day. And then, yeah, then I this, get them in my. I get them in my calf. Yes, and then they and they grab, and then it's. You're right, and it's like oh, it's. Oh, I'll stretch it'll go away, and then it takes hold, and it's almost like somebody's twisting it. You know, I I don't get them so much in my my calf, although I've had one. Last night though, it was up sort of through the middle of my my thigh. And and there's nothing I can do. And I'm like, at first, again, I was still asleep in a habit. <laughs> and uh, by the time I was out of bed, I got like, I have a little Theragun. I'm like Theragunning it. I got my, my, I got my, uh, my little, my heating pad, put that on it. It really is something. And then, and then I started thinking, am I now at the stage where, like, there's this guy that used to be on TV, Chuck Worlery, or one of those guys that does ads for a pill you yeah. can take. Where as soon as it starts coming on, you, you know, scramble at your bedside table and they take some kind of pill down that, that breaks it up. Oh, well, you should oh, yeah. get that pill. But Call Jesus, your uh, medical it. professional team and see. How well, no, it's, I think it's over the counter. I just didn't realize that as I grew older, leg cramping was going to be such a problem. Yeah. Do bananas work? I heard that the potassium and bananas are supposed to help with that, too. I don't know. I had a banana well, yesterday. What are you supposed to do? Hop at a bed and go down and eat a banana? <laughs> <laughs> and then how long does it take to take hold? Yeah. I guess. And, and it hurts the next day. Like I, still, I can still feel it mm-hmm. where it grabbed me last night. Although I was impressed with how fast I went back to sleep once the cramping subsided. Oh, impressive. Very oh, impressive. yeah. Right back to sleep. That's <sighs> great. Who was I talking to last week said they always wake up at about four o'clock now and have trouble getting back to sleep? Like I an old morning guy? Old morning guy? Uh, no. Who was it? Oh, I think it was my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Really? Maybe it was. Why don't you, ta- was why, why, why don't you somebody why, else? Why, here, why don't you take a few extra minutes here and we'll just find out exactly who that was. No, the reason I say that, too, is because you do reading and research when, you know, whenever you see, whenever I see articles about senior men i always read them to think oh what do i what do i have to look forward to now yeah and uh you know sleep is a big issue it seems uh for older people uh i don't seem to have a problem yet but apparently it's something that can become an issue waking up and just not being able to get back to sleep it's a huge and issue you've talked about that for years though well, I mean, I never, I, I, part of it is that all the years we all got up at 3.30 or f- f- 4 in the morning is not great for your circadian rhythm. But uh, I've actually, uh, since I stopped drinking, and this is true, since I stopped drinking, I've never slept as well as I have the last few years. Mm-hmm. So 
But it is an issue for older people because you don't get enough um, rest in enough of that day. That's why people, old, old people nap in the afternoon because they're, you know, they're waking up at 4.30 in the morning and can't get back to sleep. You know, when Dan opens the show, he references my pool. And I, I, there's so many little subtle things that I'm getting my head around that sometimes I think I'm lazy or there's something wrong with me, but I'm just getting a bit older. And I got this pool covered, and every day I look at it, and I think, oh, should I pull the cover off that pool? And then I'm thinking, oh, but then I'm going to have to vacuum it and then put the chlorine in it and this and that. So piss on it. So you I piss just, on it. Usually <laughs> by now I have the cover. <laughs> yeah, so, so say, oh, I'm just going to take a piss on the pool cover. That's my job for the day. Dougie does. That's my son's dog. He Aww. just loves to go and piss on the pool cover for whatever reason. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, it's by now I would have it off because Delise doesn't like the look of the cover. Mm. But I just, uh, you know, and it hasn't been the best weather. But part of me, it's like, oh, Jesus, I have to start going through that. First world problem, I understand. But you're at the point now, too. It wouldn't be the worst thing if you hired some neighborhood kid or some company to come for a 100 bucks to open your pool. You know, all my neighbors do that, but it's like, it's... It's guaranteed. One thing about it, it's guaranteed exercise. Like, I cut the lawns yesterday and did some other stuff. And if I hired somebody to do that, it's like, then what do I do? Well, you piss on it. You just say whenever. <laughs> um, back to sleeping, though. I know Dan, who uh, I've, you know, I've known Dan a long time, as, of, as has you. As has you. As have you. And all the time I've known Dan, he's been an excellent sleeper. And we'll throw in a little 20-minute Dan Duran nap here and there. But uh, I know you've been having uh, a little trouble with your sleep the last few months, sir. Yes, that's true, yeah. Why don't well, you just... It was you I was referring to. <laughs> maybe. I'm like that was my brother-in-law. Brother. It was Dan Duran. <laughs> maybe it was Dan. <laughs> Dan, what, uh, what, what... And that is just part of the aging process. You, Your body, I guess, produces less melatonin or whatever the chemical is, and... And then yeah, well, whatever maybe you could just, I, you know, usually it's about four, four thirty or so. And then see, you know, you know, and then, and then, you know, I try, I, you know, sort of lay there. And. Oh, it must have been you, not quite. Right. OK. Well, I'm glad we, we got to the bottom of that. Oh, yes. That was because the listeners were like, <laughs> mystery. Well, who, what, who was Fred who talking was to? Was it Clyde? Or, mm, I don't know. That's what I love about the Hubble and Fred show. It's like a mystery. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, which, to- she, we, we just Sherlocked the shit out of that. It turned out to be the great Dan Duran. <laughs> so, Dan, but, you, you know, articulate this because we've had conversations about your you, you were a little bit worried. You weren't you weren't sleeping as well. Well, yeah, no, I'm that's I'm astonished actually because like like you said, I for my entire life I never even considered having a sleep problem, and mm-hmm. now I'm starting to think, well, now I might have to take this seriously, you know, like do whatever you're supposed to do before bed and all the things I never bothered with. And good, good sleep hygiene. And, yeah, that. Uh, because I just don't think I'm that guy, but apparently I am. Because I yeah, but you, you don't know. think you're any. You don't think any of human normal. <laughs> you don't think of any of the human normalities applied to you. No, I'm you just feel you're above it. Aging, uh, government interaction, none of it applies to you. Was it on the show or off the show yesterday when I told you about Dan on the weekend? 
he would work for 10 or 15 right. minutes, then disappear into the trailer and nap for an hour or so. Yeah, I kept weekend. looking. I, I kept looking for him. And every time I looked for him, he was back inside the trailer. But you don't know if he's in there. just a brief, just a brief <laughs> session of work. You don't know if he's in there napping or feeding himself or, you know, just a quick jerk session in the afternoon. You don't know what Dan's doing in there. Could have been any of that. If this yeah. trailer's was, rocking. He was in there with his Martha Stewart mag. Nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> here's the thing: once he, yeah. once that thing gets pulled, he does need a rest. Yeah, Anyways, where the steward? She's amazing. She is. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, Dan. I, uh, you, you know, I, I've started to try and go to sleep at the same time. I've tried to not, you know, look at my phone before I shut down. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I never thought it was an issue, but. You know, they've done some studies that your room needs to be a certain darkness and a certain temperature. And, you know, when I first met Rachel, I, uh, like the first night I slept with her, you know, after the sleeping part. But I mean, when we got to the sleeping part, she put on a sleep mask. And I used to kid her. I used to think, oh, look, I'm sleeping with the Lone Ranger. I used to make all sorts of fun. Yeah. And, um, I never really got it until quite recently where I started wearing one because it keeps it gives your your brain shuts down in a in a different way. And I've really it's been about two months. I've been I've never even the last two months. I've slept longer than I ever have. And what temperature do you keep your room at? as cold that, as I can? Like really cold. I keep the door open, the window, that sliding uh, screen door open. Even in the winter, like minus twenty or not. I keep it pretty cold. That's the whole thing. It's cold and dark is what it's supposed to be. Cold, right, dark, but and what, quiet. What is the temperature? Like if we're going to work this scientifically, like your personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Look at you. You're on fire. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in a club being heckled by old Fred. <laughs> um, what is it? Cold, dark, and and uh, quiet. That's yeah. another thing that Rachel, I, I, I'd never seen anyone do. Rachel slept with uh, uh, earplugs because, again, science says it should be quiet, dark, and cold, like my heart. But uh, so I'm, just, I'm offering that to you, that's just, which is why I bought you when Dan was here. I bought, uh, I sent away yes. a little Amazon and bought him some a sleep mask because he's I've, the room I've that, used Dan, that it doesn't last, though. I mean, it's somehow I wake up and it's not on my head. Anymore. Well, secure it. I mean, maybe this maybe not going like, I don't know, it's <laughs> mass duct, duct tape, tape into your stupid head. <laughs> that would happen to me, too, because I roll and I do the same. It's it, the, listen, the room that Dan was staying in here in my house has have the same um, curtains that I have, which are sheer. It's very bright in that room. When uh, you gave Dan that uh, night mask, he was all apprehensive, thinking, fuck, what's next? Handcuffs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. They got him out of there now. That's right. <laughs> they got him out of there. That's right. I should, have, I, I should have handcuffed him to the fucking cupboard so he'd shut them from time to time. Anyway, listen, I'm just trying to offer, I'm offering you some good sleep hygiene, my friend. Hygiene. I, I was, by the way, I was talking to Lisa the other day and she, mm. uh, she made some comment about the doors, me leaving the doors open. And I went, I don't leave the doors. <laughs> yeah. And I well, said, you, you do. too. Well, I don't know why it's so hard. Just the dude, you open the cupboard, you shut the cupboard. Why is that? I, mean, so why the, is that? I, I shut the door, but you know, it doesn't go all the way. Mm, okay. Yeah. Seems uh, obviously there's. 
Mm. You know, yeah. You know, I've sort of come to terms with that too. When she says that, she's not making it up. When Howard says that, he's not making it up. And you know, human nature is to immediately deny. Oh, I don't do that. But it's like, why would they say it unless it was happening? That's why I've sort of resigned around doll. It's like if she's saying it, it's got to be true. So rather than push back and maybe create a, you know, a tense moment, just go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, walk away. Oh, right. I got to get the okay. Yeah, I, I, I think it's you. So you're, you're denying Lisa no. that after Howard made all, all those, you know, accusations yeah. or yeah. whatever. But it's you interesting. know that Howard had done that. Let me, uh, but let me say this about Dan, who I've known a long time. The things that Dan cares about and the things that Dan that irritate Dan, you know, the light on in the garage, these little things. He doesn't seem to see them on the same level as the no. things that somebody else might find particular for their living environment. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going through it now with my other teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why, if, if, you, if you wash a dish, this is what Spencer does. She'll wash the dish, but then just leaves it there to dry in the air. Just wipe it off, put it away. It doesn't seem like it's rocket science. Is she leaving the light on and now you're turning them off? Mm -hmm. Leaving the light on in the garage? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. I, no, I keep now. I turn it off all the time, Dan, because you you made a good point that it shouldn't be on all the time. You know, there's these soft white LED bulbs now, a little more expensive, but. for somebody that's in a situation where people don't turn lights off, I highly recommend them because they use like a minuscule amount of electricity compared to a regular bulb. And it's almost like, OK, I give up, you know, and it's not going <laughs> to. Yeah, but that, that's gonna, that, the light bulb. I, have it, that. I don't like lights yeah, on either. The, the light bulb isn't the issue. The issue is no, whatever. Know. This is the most I said this to him. Dan is the most particular person I've ever met. About things that Dan Duran cares about. It's and 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 I respect it absolutely. The things that Dan cares about: audio cables, this and lights on there, and you know the government, uh, the government. You know that's great. But I but for some reason somebody else's peculiarities, like you know shutting doors and oh not just cupboards, shutting doors, like actual doors to the home. <laughs> He's like, oh that doesn't matter. I you're just nagging me. Can I give you a case study? A case report? <laughs> Wait a minute. Do we have... Hang on a second. This is a Dan Duran case study. Um, just on that, on that note, not that I re- really care. It's just an observation I've made. At the Tin Palace, Dan has these two old speakers about halfway down his lot. Oh, yeah. That point back at the trailer, which is fine. I don't care. But even that, I'm sure if it was somebody else standing, go, well, that doesn't look natural. I like the natural look. But <laughs> because Dan enjoys the music, well, then all of a sudden. But sometimes when he goes away, he'll put gar- green garbage bags over them. Mm. So in essence, it looks like Dan has two bags of garbage on his <laughs> It does. Because these are big speakers, Howard. These are like. Oh, no, I've old- seen them. I know, they're, oh, and they're right. great the speakers too, yeah. So then he'll put gar- green garbage bags over them, and it, it looks like there's two bags of garbage on his lawn. And I've often thought that if Dan, if that was Dan's neighbor that left something that appeared to be two bags of garbage in this beautiful natural setting, it would drive him crazy. Dan Duran, uh, yeah. questions, that comments, concerns. That, that is true. Good point. This Fred. has been a Dan Duran case study. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> 
so my buddy, you know, your buddy comes up and he goes, hey, where's Duran's place? What's right there? Why is he got garbage on his front lawn? You know. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, but see, uh, we're all like that. I tried to explain that to Dan. Okay. You have your particularities or peculiarities yeah, or whatever, and you do. Everybody has their thing. Yeah, everybody has <laughs> and, and my thing was, could you keep the doors shut to the, the complex here? That would be cool. Um, yeah. And But you seem to look at me, oh, yeah, you're so particular with the cupboards. By the way, when Fred says Dan likes to play his music outside, it's not, uh, it's not like it's the hip Bob Cajun. It's this. <laughs> no, no, no. Act, it's like, it's more world music. Now I, on Saturday he was playing some. I call it world music. Um, I thought I that was world music. Actually, here I know um, what you're saying. Here, it's a pretty broad uh, category. Yeah, here. Yeah. No, I know, but it's sort of that. Uh, anyway, again, I'm not saying it's the correct term. That's why I raised the question about the description. But it was whatever it was. It was pretty cool, man. There on the Saturday afternoon. What oh no, Dan! Well, Listen, Dan caught was caught the mood. Caught the mood. Dan was first to the uh, long time ago. Dan was mocked for his taste in craft beer, but he was first. He brought the craft beer. He brought the world beer to the group for sure. I mean, he's a trailblazer for crying out loud. He's a Dan Duran. Case study. <laughs> Not always understood. Exactly. How, how long do you think you have to close doors before you lose the uh, the I, I don't close door uh, brand? Like if I from started this day, I made sure that every door I ever go through or uh, open. Well, let's say, listen, you know, like ra- Dan, take? like how racism, it it's the kind of thing that's just, it's, it never goes away. The stink of racism <laughs> never okay. goes away. Yeah, All right. but on a serious note, that's tough because you almost have your. You know, you gain this reputation and then you think, okay, I have to clean that up. And it's like, you got to be on top of it all the time. Every time you go in that cupboard, make that mental note. I yeah. gotta shut the cupboard. I gotta shut the cupboard. It's Maybe take- exercise. Go in there, you know, for 20, 30 <laughs> minutes a day. Take some reps. The cupboard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe maybe put a note somewhere. Tie a string around your finger. <laughs> Listen, you said to me in October, you know, and we'll zoom, we keep the light on the, in the garage. And I was like, well, I guess I always did because when, you know, kids would come in and out, I wanted it not to be dark. But because of your recommendation, now, even without you here, I turned that light off. Well, so you've made an impression on me. Yeah. I didn't deny that the light was on because there it is for all to see. Yeah. Um, I'll say it again. Just, I mean, outside of the fact, leaving lights on and off. These new, remember when the LED bulbs first came out, they threw like sort of a weird light. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more. It was uh, more daylight, like 5,000K or something like yes, that. Yes, they yes. Got these soft white ones now. And again, yeah. they, they mm-hmm. cost like something like one... 20th of a regular bulb think about it oh that's thrifty think about you could what you've saved in bulb expenditures you can spend on the fucking pool opening kid yeah, 4 to 12 watts instead of, you know, 60 to uh, 150 watts yeah, right. well then why can't I, I just keep that light on in the garage forever Dan if you think you need to but you know why <laughs> if you're trying to save the world oh is that Fire. what we're trying to do yeah, okay. we, we are. We're trying to. The light little. illuminating me this morning right above my computer is one of those LED light bulbs, soft white. Mm. And look it. 
Well, LEDs have taken over. I mean, even even in uh, film and television. Oh, know, yeah. Well, I, well, it's hard to get incandescent anymore. Yes, only well, yeah, untrue. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been an uh, eye-opening uh, opening, uh, segment of our program. Dan Duran's News yep. will hopefully yep. join us if he can uh, find his way back to the microphones. Yep. We're going to be talking to our friends from uh, Architect Outdoor Living later. We'll get you uh, some great information about making your outdoor space look amazing. Also, Bob Weeks will join us, TSN uh, Golf Insider. Talk a little bit about the next major championship in golf, and possibly Bob can shed some light on what's going on with these rival leagues. Maybe you're aware of it by now that there's two different professional golf leagues at odds with one another. In the meantime, Frederick... Uh, the retirement, sure, but Tim Niblett uh, is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by tomorrow, and he will be talking about why it's important to have a projection or a plan. Why is that important? Well, there are so many reasons. You know, peace of mind uh, at the very basis of that. He'll explain tomorrow. If you have a uh, portfolio, you're concerned about its progress or its uh, growth, you might want to have Timmy have a look at it. No strings attached, no obligations. He'll give you the straight goods and you can carry on with Tim or carry on with the person you're with. That's the way it works with Tim. He's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. At evnet.ca, listen, if Dan Duran really cared about the planet, he'd get into an electric vehicle. At evnet.ca, they focus on making EVs easy and affordable. They do this by educating clients about EVs and how economical they have proven to be, all the while operating as a used EV dealership. As you'll come to understand, they're not the traditional car dealership. They offer many unique services. I've tried to outline some of them. Uh, It's the experience. You get to rent to own. Their rental option gives potential buyers the opportunity to try before buying. There really is a learning curve associated with uh, transitioning from an ICE, internal combustion engine, to an electric vehicle. And renting allows you to go on an extended test drive, in a sense. It really is something else. And it just doesn't, doesn't have to be a Tesla. You can try out a Kona, a Bolt, an Outlander, a Nissan Leaf. And as I say, the experience is so unique. evnet.ca. Find out for yourself and get into one of these. I'm going to tell you, driving by gas stations is quite the uh, revelation, especially for someone my age. been driving since I was 16 years old and not having to put gas in a car. Like right now, my car is charging in my garage, and you can too. In my garage. Just come on over. It's 20 bucks. EVNet. <laughs> EVNet.ca. Uh, before we get yeah. to... Uh, pardon? No, I was just going to say uh, further to electric vehicles and motors. And I was sitting on uh, my dock on the weekend looking up the lake and a, and a boat went by and I could see the smoke coming off. And I thought, when are we going to get into the development of um, electric outboard engines? I, I, I'm thinking that that would be so good. You want to talk about the environment because with outboard engines, often oil, gas spillage, while you're filling them up or what they're spewing out while you're driving them. Just think about that. Okay. Outboard, electric outboard engines, there's no gas, there's no oil threatening the water at all. I'm, uh, I'm surprised they don't already have that. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I'm sure they're coming. I'm sure they're coming. Here, hang on a second. I lost your... Uh, I lost you there for a second. Not you. I can hear you fine. Oh. 
but I've lost where you are in my screen here. Oh, Hang I on a see. second. Okay. Um, we're going to do some uh, emails. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you go? Where would that be? Let me have to shut this down. Um, okay, I'll just look at you here for a second. I should be able to see you here now. It is really weird. Although, there you are. Okay. Uh, I got a note from Fred Ball on something you were saying. We're going to do a couple emails. Emails today brought to you by Palma Pasta. That's how it's going to go. You can hear me okay? Yes. And now you can see me okay? Yes. Uh, I got a note from your buddy Fred Ball. You were talking about him going to Singapore. Right. And you had mentioned uh, it was like 16 hours. He says... uh, he says, hey, Howard, for the record, the Singapore airline tickets were 16 grand, not 12, as Freddie said. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, he said it was a total of 22 hours on an airplane. Mm-hmm. 22 hours. Yeah. And he says being able to lie flat in those pods made the difference of survival at this age. He's our age for you guys to know. No, no uh, I get it. As I said last week, I, I get. I think when we were talking about that, I think you know, if you're in retirement and you know time isn't an issue, to hop your way there would be a much better. You know, hop to an area, stay for a few days, hop to another area, stay for a few days, because that would be grueling, man. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, there. I don't know what the hopping is uh, in terms of where you would go, but still, some parts of that flight to that part of the world are going to be between 14 and 16 hours. He did yeah. say a highlight of Singapore uh, you would like is there's no tipping. When paying in a restaurant, there's no option for tipping. When paying a cab, uh, when paying a cab ride, he said, was like 10, 10, 10, and the driver says, just give me 10. Can you imagine a Toronto cab saying that? Hope your golf went well. And that's from uh, the very kind and uh, somewhat hilarious Fred Ball. Okie dokie. Yeah, has Fred released his summer tour date yet? <laughs> I don't think so. He's playing. I think, and I think he's playing uh, every every restaurant in um, in the Wasaga Beach area this this summer. Mm-hmm. He does a quick. 20 you know while people are sitting down to eat it's great <laughs> he's uh, i don't know if he has a quick 20 but uh i've seen him he's done stand-up with me a couple times and uh you know what the guy is very uh he's got a lot of balls fred ball yeah that's true he's got 10 he just talks really slow <laughs> <laughs> um okay let me uh just load things up again because i did something to this double screen thing that i've got going all right let's uh but the, today and uh whenever we can these uh emails are brought to you by our friends at palma pasta i will give you the full palma pasta uh pasta uh spiel in a second hi guys hi guys hi guys hi guys this uh, from Mike Hannafin. Uh, our buddy Mike Hannafin used to work at ZFNY, often contributes to the show, as you know. Uh, yesterday, uh, we read uh, an email uh, from him about his mother passing away. Very sad. 88. Uh, um, you know, tied to COVID still. Hard to believe. Anyway, today's email 
Uh, I definitely laughed. Thanks for the shout out about my mom. I definitely laughed like hell. And thanks for making me laugh. I needed that. Especially those caskets are expensive. Mom was cremated. Mm. Uh, my brother is taking care of most of the details. I'm just here helping where uh, needed. We had been joking. Uh, we are, I think that was on the heels of the Mike Stabbard story about, you know, asking for money. Uh, maybe well, that's right. Hannafin would ask for, ask go, for money. A go fund Hannafin's mom's we- uh, uh, funeral. Yeah. He said, yes, I had planned a Toronto Mike appearance before mom passed. Mike is again in town looking after some details. He said, I will still do it with a small tribute that Mike said would be great, I guess, to his mama. Hmm. Uh, Mike Hannafin. Mike said uh, he's around this week. If we want him on the show, well, we'll talk to our producer, mm. Mike Boone. That's right. What, what are we supposed to call him? Not Boone. Toronto oh, Mike. Toronto no, Mike. you Toronto can't. Mike. There's no Boone anymore. It's just okay, Toronto right. Mike. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying. Listen, I'm doing my best. Uh, Thanks, thank you, Mike Hanny. Yeah, Hanny, you're a good Hi, man. Guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, I don't know if you saw this because I get it off uh, the service that tells us how we do on uh, different podcast charts. And this is a uh, Dan has been uh, doing this now for a couple months, encouraging our uh, listeners to leave reviews. And here's a review, Frederick, Mm -hmm. for our program from someone named Wiggler 111. Hmm. Okay. Simply the best is the headline. And five stars. Of all the podcasts I listen to, including Smartless, this one is by far the best. Three exclamation marks. Hmm. Very professional broadcasting and keeps me amused every day. Another three exclamation marks. Resting heart rate 80 BPM. But that's probably because it's playoff hockey time. Go Leafs, go. Obviously, this was left <laughs> prior to another disappointing Toronto Maple Leafs hockey season. Thank you, Wiggler111. Um, on that note, uh, the Maple Leafs had their exit interviews yesterday. Had to feel a little um, ah, emotional, sad for Kyle Dubas. Um, he wants to return to the Leafs. <sighs> But he's not going to if the Leafs don't re-sign him, he's not going to go to another market because apparently it was a tough year for him, for his family. Imagine that in this market and you're the general manager and, you know, you're sort of a punching bag for irate fans. And apparently some family stuff he went through over the season, you know, that's too bad. Like your husband, your dad, whatever, your son, your grandson, in this case, being criticized widely in the media, insulted. It's tough to take. So he says if he doesn't resign with the Leafs, he's going to take a year off and just reset. Sort of felt bad for the kid. I don't know that that's the problem. Uh, Before we get to that, Mm -hmm. but I would like to say if you want to, it's, you know, I don't know that it does anything, although it's nice when people do it on Apple. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to leave a review, it's really simple. Uh, And we would appreciate it and uh, thank those that do it. Here's what I think. This this was a a big discussion at the uh, Mm -hmm. post round table yesterday because I was playing with my buddy Kent, who was on our show last week. The uh, guy that worked with a bunch of NHL teams, including the Red Wings and Scotty Bowman back in the day, talking about what the Leafs should do. That was the big topic. And what do you think? 
like the number one. Well, there was two. One A, one and one A. Things people were saying that they should do with the team. I don't know, Howard. That's a tough one. I mean, it's somewhat intricate because Austin Matthews is due for a contract July 1st. Now, there's a rule in the NHL. You can't pay any one player more than 20% of your cap, but you can pay them 20% of your cap. That's significant. That would be what, $16 million? Something like that. Now is eighty something. They expected to go up to ninety or something. Well, that's sixteen, seventeen million a year. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal: if if Austin Matthews comes in and says, "I want, I want maximum on the cap," get rid of him because it's never going to work. Okay. And I've and I and I and, and I have pointed to this over the years that a lot of the superstars they take less, so you can spread it around a little more under the cap, so you have a better chance of winning a championship. So to me. That's the first thing they have to figure out. From there, I, I I don't really know. Like, but what do you think the discussion was? Not what you think. What do you think? The, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you think? The there was a table of about eight guys, and we this was the discussion was what was the number one thing you think? Because I was just listening oh. to these guys talk about right. what they thought the first thing one and one a should they do? Yeah, probably the usual. The coach, get rid or of the, the coach. general manager, huh? not general manager. Oh, okay, the coach? Okay. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. Coach was one, and 1A was one of the superstars. Not Matthews, though. Marner. Yeah. Um, who's the big four? Uh, what's his face? Uh, Tavares. T- Tavares. He, he's not going anywhere. No. But yesterday, um, you know, William Nylander came out and said he loves Toronto and wants to stay here. Uh, Austin Matthews said that his intent is to stay in Toronto. Whether that's lip service at this point, who knows? But as it unfolds, you know, it's all about that cap management. It really is. I mean, the successful teams have it. And you just can't deny that. Yeah. Sheldon Keith, I don't know. Well, he's been there a long Huh? The, dis- the discussion, and I agree with it, is that, you know, there's a certain point, and Mike Keeney was brought up, and we've had that talk before. There are certain coaches that are great for a couple of years, and then they lose the room, and everyone hates them. But for those first couple of years, they're pretty effective. Uh, I didn't realize how long Keefe has been there. How long? I can't. Four or five years. Um, it wasn't him that didn't score more than two goals. No, oh. it wasn't, but... Yeah. You know, like is, uh, something's amiss. I mean, those uh, those yeah. other teams that are scoring, it doesn't, you know, whether they score two goals, did the other teams win? Um, yeah, I don't know. As I said, Steve Eiserman, I think, was nine, year nine before they won a Stanley Cup in Detroit, but they ascended. They won a round and then won two rounds. Like, you know, the Maple Leafs over seven years have won just one round. I, I Honestly, I'm at a loss. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what to do. I wouldn't. I would really. Well, I think you know, I, you, I, you I, really, I know you, the obvious is to get rid of the coach, but it is the obvious solution. Right. It's and usually the something's easy. askew there. Right. Well, the other thing I knew. You know, the other thing, by the way, before I forget, I knew you would hate is another discussion was how good the uh, Kraken and the Las Vegas Knights are doing. Yeah. Do you, you see? This is such a. I guess it's a shrewd business move by the NHL. And listen, it is a business. You have Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights, Seattle Kraken. You allow them into the league for $600 million. 
you organize the expansion draft and their access to players like no other league to good players. Mm. They they instantly become successful. Yeah. What message does that send to any anybody else that might be considering an expansion team in the NHL? Yeah, it's $600 million, but look at the way they're structured. We could have a good team right away. It's a good selling point to draw money into expansion, is it not? And, and does, how does that... Does it, I should say, impact the existing teams? Because clearly those two teams are better than an, uh, an established team. The salary cap is a funny thing, and I know why it exists. I understand it theoretically. In a way... In a weird sort of catch twenty two, that's what the Leafs are in. They're in the biggest market that they're in the mar- not the biggest market, but one of the biggest markets that generates the most amount of money. And the catch is, they can't use the kind of money they like. They can't New York Yankees to a Stanley Cup, meaning spend like crazy because uh, they could certainly afford it. Well, here's another frustrating thing from a Leaf standpoint. You're right. Everything you just said is frustrating but how about this the the national hockey league has revenue sharing and there's probably money going from the toronto maple leafs at the end of the year to the florida panthers and probably the carolina hurricanes so how do you like that those teams are still in the playoffs (laughs) and the leafs on some level are are supply are 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 helping them break that down for me because i have no idea what you just said what do you mean they're revenue sharing well, what they do is they all the teams report their revenue, and then the, you look across the league, and the, the teams that are struggling financially get to draw from a pot from the teams that are very successful contribute. It's revenue sharing. and that, uh, What is this, Russia? Um, well, I'm telling you, they have it, and, 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 and I and bet what's you. The formula? Bet, what is the formula? If, if oh, le- I don't know. But what do you mean they get to draw? Is there like an, a, a preordained formula they get to draw from? Yeah, again, I don't know the, the actual details, but well, there's come a lot on, of man. money. It, it all depends on your revenue and then how much you make based on percentages. And then there's a pot, and the ones that don't do, do so well get to draw from it. And I would bet you right now that a lot of those Leaf fans that sat and watched one and five at home at the Scotiabank Arena during the playoffs, some of their money, their hard-earned money, will be in the hands of the Florida Panthers at the end of this year. Because that's not a very successful franchise. Well, on the ice it is, yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm going to come back to that because I, I, I didn't never well, I knew about the salary cap. I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, can do, uh, let's continue, but switch gears. I guess we're not going to see this fellow because he's very busy. Uh, Bob Weeks, are you there? I am. How are you, Hard? I'm great, my friend. Um, are you somewhere where we couldn't actually uh, Zoom you uh, today? I'm in the uh, I'm in the car driving from between my hotel and Oak Hill Country Club, which ah. is the uh, site of the PGA Championship. So, That's okay, my friend. We're talking to a TSN golf analyst uh, who's on his way to cover the uh, PGA Championship this week, and a friend of our program. Uh, but Bobby, uh, first of all, hope you're well. Um, and I wanted to talk Sorry, before yeah, we. What's that, partner? <laughs> No, I'm sorry. We're just getting. I'm getting bothered by Graham Dillette. He's getting into the car now. And oh, Graham Dillette's in there too. So, uh, so yeah. we'll say hi to Graham Dillette for us. Um, but I was going to mention okay. that uh, a friend of uh, Fred's and a guy that I knew uh, 
sort of okay. I've met him a few times. And a big, uh, a big name in uh, Canadian golf writing passed away, uh, Ian Hutchison. Yep. Uh, really sad news. And uh, Hutch, was, uh, Hutch was kind of a legend. You know, he was a guy who was always there, always in the media room. Uh, he was prolific. He wrote a lot of stuff. And uh, I first uh, crossed paths with Ian back in the days at Score Golf Magazine. He was working some part for us. But our parent company also had the rights to the uh, CFL program. So he did a lot of work on the CFL, writing that, which was his second love. Um, but he was uh, he was a fixture on the Canadian media scene in terms of golf um, for, gosh, got to be 35, almost maybe 40 years or so. And he's just one of those guys that uh, that everybody loved and everybody had a little nice word for. And um, I, I miss him already. You know, I, I actually, uh, Bob, this is Fred. I actually feel bad because I went to college with uh, Ian Hutchinson. We went to Seneca College and he was at my wedding and we kept in touch over the years. I never fully appreciated the impact that he had in and around that sport. I just didn't, you know, again, I didn't, I don't follow golf a lot like you guys do. And uh, it sort of bothers me a bit that I didn't ever fully appreciate his contribution. I, I just didn't. And obviously yeah. it was, it was, it was large. You know, I don't, I don't think you're the only one, Jeff. You know, I think, uh, I think that in a lot of ways people, um, you know, Ian, Ian kind of was not a, a right in front of you kind of guy. He was not a guy who was on the camera. He was a guy who would do a lot of the dirty work behind the scenes. Um, when he left some of the magazine work and started his own website, I think most of his audience, not all, but certainly most of his audience was the golf business people and, and the people, the golf professionals, the equipment companies, those kind of people, uh, people who operated golf courses from coast to coast. And so they kind of recognized it, but I think it unfortunately was sort of after he passed, we all took a step back and went, wow, like that, he did a lot of stuff over the years. And that's why I sort of commented on, on him as being prolific because he really did write just a ton of material mm-hmm. and, and he was a guy who could churn it out. And, and pretty much everybody, everybody who would go on to a, in our, in our COVID days, you know, everyone would go onto a zoom call with a Corey Connors or a Mac Hughes, one of those top golfers and Hutch would always be the guy, first questions in. He would always have the first questions, and, and he would always ask the questions as if he was just having a little chat with those guys like mm-hmm. they were buddies. And, and that was kind of part of the heartwarming uh, part of him as well and what made him uh, impactful, as, as you sort of pointed out, in, in the golf world. Uh, but could he play? He always told me he sucked because I used to say, geez, Hutch, I'll go golfing <laughs> with you, but you'll clean me. And he would, no, I suck, I suck. That's what he used to say. <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, we did have a little secret uh, group when we'd go on press trips, you know, some destination would fly us in and we'd play three games in four days or something and see the sights. You always wanted to be in the group ahead of Hutt. So <laughs> That's right. A slow golfer. That's really <laughs> funny. Golfer, so. You know, that brings up a good he, question. Uh, get... Go ahead. Sure. I was just going to say the other thing was that it didn't really matter too often what club Hutch had in his hands. He kind of hit him all about 160. That's so funny. <laughs> you have um, driver, five iron, nine iron. <laughs> yeah, you've had a chance to play some great golf courses. I have a couple questions. I don't know if I've ever asked you this, or maybe I have, but I've forgotten. Have you ever played Augusta? Did you ever get in the draw? I did. It took me 19 years to get my name pulled out of a hat, 
Um, but I did finally get to play, and it was worth uh, it was worth every minute of waiting waiting to get on there. Yeah, I should explain seat. that. Uh... Even though I'd walked. Around. Yeah, so so they they have a draw for the media on the Monday after the Masters, and you play all. There's different times all through the day, and you play the uh, Sunday pins, but you do play the members tees. Right, it's, it's pretty short. I would say pretty sixty two hundred, but nobody's complaining. I can guarantee you that. And they treat you well. You get a caddy, and they they walk you through. And even though I had walk that golf course, I don't know, hundreds of times, you, once you're inside the ropes and playing it, you really do get a new appreciation for just uh, how wonderful a golf course and, it is. And, how, and Bob's a pretty good player, so how did you do? Did you, did you, or was it sort of just overwhelming the experience, or did you actually score okay? I, I shot 85, and that nice. was, I will say, a bit caddy-assisted. Caddy-assisted. There were a couple of times when I think the caddy may have... Uh, helped me out a little bit which of course came into his tip at the end nice but uh it's the first game it's the first game of the year because you haven't played at home right and uh and you go out there and and you're kind of uh just excited to hit the shots but i can basically remember every shot i hit on that on that day whatever it is i was gonna say that's such a unique a unique thing about golf because there's no other sport where like after the super bowl the guys in the media get to go out on the field the next day and (laughs) and and play you know play in the super bowl setting and the other thing I wanted to ask you because because right. you're you're a good player like in in your group of guys uh, in the group of media people who is considered amongst your writers as one of the better players? Uh, well, Mark Sacchino is, uh, is an excellent golfer. He's a, probably a plus handicap. He's sitting right behind me, so that's why I'm seeing. These oh, is he? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so he's a pretty talented golfer. Uh, there are there are a few guys out there who can who can play. Jason Logan's not bad. I mean, I mean, Graham Dillette is now in the media, so he would probably. Yeah, take Gar- Graham would be. Uh, I'm not sure if Fred remembers. Graham was one of the better players, one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour, considered for, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about the PGA Championship? I mean, it's not considered one of the. Uh, I guess it's the fourth of the fourth majors, and they moved it to May. But maybe just briefly, uh, g- give us your, the group's uh, um, picks for who's going to win and what, how do you think the Canadians are going to do? Well, I think we start with, uh, I think we start with um, obviously, with uh, the two guys at the top of the world ranking, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. It's hard to beat those two guys right now in terms of what they've been able to accomplish this year. I mean, their, their stats are, are beyond ridiculous when you look through the list of strokes gained and things like that, greens and regulation, driving distance. I mean, they're, they're one and two or two and one, depending on what category you're looking at. And then, you know, after those two obvious ones, I guess you start to think about what's Rory McIlroy going to do. He's sort of had an up-and-down year, missed the cut at the Masters, missed the cut at the Players, but has performed well in other uh, – top events i guess he sort of took that little break for uh i guess you'd call it maybe a mental overload yeah and then um you know beyond that there's there's sort of the next group we don't know exactly what to think of the live players you got dustin johnson who won last week and he was playing pretty well now that his uh he had a bit of a back injury earlier in the year so he's doing well there i mean i don't know there's there's that next group of of guys i think a lot of eyes are going to look at phil mickelson and See what he did. Of course, he won this event two years ago at 50, and then didn't come back last year to uh, to defend because of all the stuff going on with Liv and some of the comments that he made. He was sort of hiding out. Um, 
I don't know. You know, if you want a couple of sneaky picks, I think Jason Day might be a guy to look at. I think Brooks Kepka is a guy to look at. He's, I don't know how sneaky he is, but, but Brooks Kepka is good. Uh, Adam Scott, I'm being told here, is going to be a good pick from. Yeah, and what about some? What about back. some Canadian guys? So like Mackenzie Hughes is from this area. Uh, there's got to be some people that have heard of him in Southern Ontario. But would he be the top Canadian? I think Corey or him, uh, Corey Connors. And and when I talked to Corey last week for a little preview piece I did, he talked about the fact that uh, this is um, this is kind of back to the area where he grew up as well, and same kind of conditions, same kind of grass. Uh, he actually played this golf course as a junior in a big competition a number of years ago. So he said he didn't remember too much about it. It has undergone quite a considerable facelift going into this PGA. But I think those two would be certainly the top picks amongst the Canadians right now. And not to overlook Adam Svensson, who is also oh, right. uh, one right. Another Canadian this year. So so we've got, we've got a good, con- uh, good contingent. There's six of them in there, and, uh, and they've all got legitimate chances. And what's... Uh... <sighs> The uh, the Masters suffered a bit with weather. What's the weather like? Uh, I was surprised this early that they have a, a golf tournament in Rochester, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> what's that look like? Well, you know, when they gave this tournament to, uh, to, um, to Oak Hill here, the golf club here in Rochester, it was actually still, the, uh, the date of it was still in, um, in uh, uh, August, when right. it used to be held. So mm-hmm. this is... This has kind of moved quickly for him, but it's not going to be too bad. It's going to be like we've got weather back in in Toronto. You know, it's uh, everything's looking good in terms of uh, the golf course looks superb. Grass is growing well. The trees aren't in full bud yet, but they, I'm sure maybe by the end of the week they will be. It's um, we've got you know I guess like sort of low or high teens, early low twenties mm-hmm. kind of thing will be. Probably the temperatures all week, so I think it'll be pretty comfortable. Yeah, well, exactly. I've, I, listen, I've, I was lucky enough, uh, and I'm, I'm Zacchino's probably heard of this tournament. Maybe you have too, but a few years ago, I played the J.R. Williams. I qualified for it at Oak Hill, and I got to play uh, wow. there. Yeah, I got to play there for, I think, uh, four days in a row. It really is that, well, it's the only time, the only place I've ever played where they played a, a major. And they set it up pretty good. It was a pretty good event. Uh, have you ever heard of that, Bob? I have not heard of that, but I know there is just a just a plethora of great golf courses in this area and some big tournaments in this area, yeah. like the Porter Cup and a couple of other ones. But that uh, that sounds like another one. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, tell you. I'll tell you one bill. thing. I would rather play it in May than in August, though, because it's pretty punishing with the humidity. Uh, listen, Bobby, give my best yeah. to the guys uh, and tell Graham that uh, we still miss him on the tour. And Zacchino's uh, a beauty. And uh, we appreciate your time this morning, and we'll look forward to you guys on the broadcast this week. Okay. Th- thanks, guys. Take care. And thanks for checking in about Hutch. We've All right, been- man. Appreciate okay. you. Okay. Thanks, Bob. That's Bob Bye-bye. Weeks. Mm-hmm. Guy's been around golf. He's like, I always, I always think Bob Weeks has got like sort of the greatest, greatest life in golf sports, you know? was an editor at Score Golf, and then he just been on this TSN ride for quite some time, and then he became the Grecian Formula guy. Really? Yeah, he's got, he does all these just for many type things. He's oh, got, he's nice. got, oh, yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got it figured out, man. He's got it going, eh? He's yeah, listen, really got it going. <laughs> I was at one point. I was going to say, hey, Jeff, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions, yeah, Jeffy? Jeff. Hey, Jeffy, it's funny. Humble and Jeff. Jeff. Well, mm. listen, it's no different than you calling yourself Frank. Yeah, I know. Yeah, shit happens. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I got a chance to play in this big amateur tournament there about six years ago at Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those historic old, 
you know, American country clubs. And right. I go there and it's like it, literally everyone has won there. Lee Trevino, Jack Nicholas. And they've got it's like this old clubhouse and all the pictures are everywhere and scorecards from history and all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. my buddy and I were there, my buddy Tim, and he goes off to do something. And I, I get a text from him. I'm on the driving range. He goes, you got to come in the clubhouse. I go, why? He goes, get in here. <laughs> like I meet him in the lobby. He goes, follow me. He takes me downstairs. There's a fucking bowling alley in the basement. Oh, wow. That <laughs> was so weird. Yeah. It's like, what? They have like a five-lane bowling alley. And, and the, the clubhouse <laughs> looks like a castle, right? Yeah, yeah. It was something else. It's probably the biggest what? tournament I've ever, outside of a national championship, probably the biggest mm-hmm. tournament I've ever been in. Because you have to, it's a, it's a really tough tournament. You have, to, you, have, you have to actually send in your resume. But it was, it, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, uh, of course it's cool. That would be exciting as well. Um, so, you Jeff. Know, to, look, to have that to look forward to? Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, but it'll be interesting seeing it. It'll be the, it, it, I've never played a, a course, I don't think. I can't remember. I've never played a course where they've played a major championship. I've played a Canadian course. They've played the Canadian um, you know, Open on many times. But it will be interesting to see um, how they play it. Because I kind of remember how, you know, it was really difficult for us. By the way, speaking of sports, again, the sports theme continues. Our buddy Darren sent us a note. Did we talk about this, Sunderland, till I die? Uh, I can't remember. But I, I've seen it. Have you seen it? No. Well, so if you, if for people that have seen Welcome to Wrexham, the documentary about Ryan Reynolds and Bob, uh, Bob, uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? Rob, Rob McElhenney. Right. Fucking Bob. Um, if that's a documentary about them buying that football club, rec- um, Sunderland Till I Die is a few years older than that. It's about the culture and what you've been talking about, the culture of what mm-hmm. soccer means to these, these people in these towns. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, it's a, a documentary about just this, this team, Sunderland. Uh, by the way, uh, Ryan Reynolds and the Remington Group will not pursue uh, their uh, purchase of the Ottawa Senators. Why is that? With, they've, uh, I guess, the, they don't like the numbers, I guess. And there's a real estate deal uh, tied to it as well. Um, I forget, something flats mm. in downtown Ottawa where they want to build a new rink, which is vital to the future of the franchise, I would imagine. But they uh, have withdrawn. So, uh, yeah. So there won't be a documentary on... Uh, <laughs> yeah. The purchase of the uh, Ottawa Senators. Whatever they spent to buy Wrexham, they're going to make back many, many, many times over. You know, he's bought a place. Now, uh, Reynolds has, for part of the year now, he's moved his family. He bought a castle or something uh, near the team. Well, Howard, Wrexham is touring the United States yes. this summer. Just imagine that. Before that documentary or his involvement with them, I mean, that wouldn't even a low tiered soccer team. Mm -hmm. There would be no interest. But that alone, what's that going to generate? If Wrexham was coming to Toronto, I'd want to go and (laughs) see them play. I I would. So I know the name. That's brilliant. It is brilliant. I know the names of more players on Wrexham and Mm -hmm. AFC Richmond than than in any other Soccer. I couldn't name one other soccer player, but I know the guys on uh, Ted Lasso's team. I know some of the players on Reynolds' team. Mm-hmm. 
you know, over the years, there's uh, certain, I don't know, like, you know, you travel to places and there's significant locations and you just want to go there and stand there and go, oh, I've been here. Yeah. Probably at the top of my list right now, I want a beer in that pub and I want to go see a Wrexham game. It's <laughs> crazy, man. At the stadium. I, yeah. I do. You know? Yeah, you're talking about a marketing. As you say, yeah. it's, a, it's a brilliant, the whole thing is brilliant marketing. Just think about how many, you know, they talk about, you know, media impression. And every time I've watched uh, Welcome to Wrexham, all you see is, you know, uh, avi- aviation gin. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok is sponsoring those uh, jerseys. Is it aviation gin? And uh, something else. You know, he sold his share in that. Oh, yeah. In that liquor for like $600 million. So he's still attached to it as as the face of the the gin. Mm-hmm. But he sold his interest in it for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. That's crazy, man. Um, by the way, I forgot. I won't. I'll tr- Anthony, I'll try to remember. Emails, which we did, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. Brought to you by Palma Pasta. Palma Pasta's Mama Palma's recipe. Nothing but the finest ingredients sourced from Italy. Using Italian cheese to flour and Italian tomatoes. Four locations. One in Oakville, three in Mississauga. Featuring their signature store, Palma's Kitchen. It's full service grocery. Great prepared foods. Can't recommend it enough. If you can't get there, you can order online. Palmapasta.com. Palma Pasta. Italian tradition. Simply delicious. Okay, let's talk Bodog, okay? Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Let's look at the two series. Uh, uh, the conference championships of the NHL. Ooh, so exciting. Carolina against Florida. Jeez. Carolina, the favorite at minus 130. Uh, the Florida Panthers, plus 110. Hey, the Golden Knights, favored to beat the Dallas Stars, who uh, eliminated uh, Seattle last night. Uh, Vegas, minus 140. There you have it. Bodog, that's where I got those numbers. I wrote something down. I can't read it. Oh, hell, that means it's um, ridiculous. Um, and again, I don't want to get into Trump, but uh, I read an interesting thing yesterday. Uh, Jason Sudeikis. Is that how you say his name? Sudeikis? 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 Jason Sudeikis? Yes. Sudeikis. Sudeikis. I don't know. Sudeikis? Sudeikis. Uh, the character of Ted Lasso, he had it in, uh, he had to actually create it some time ago and didn't know what to do with it. But at the time, that he created this uh, character, it was quite belligerent. And again, he didn't know what to do with it. And then they had the idea for Ted Lasso, and he completely changed the texture of that character to what it originally was supposed to be because of Donald Trump. This is what he said over the weekend, Uh, meaning that what Trump did to the United States, you know, the sour feeling that he brought the worst that he brought out in america 
Jason thought, you know what? I don't want a character that's going to perpetuate something like that. I want to just, I want, I want to go the other way. Yeah, like a 180. So so he softened him. You you know, Mm -hmm. when it's really, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but it really is an interesting, if I may use that word. Hang on. Um, (laughs) Because he created that character for a series of commercials. Oh, did he? Okay. You don't know. We've we've had this discussion. You can see. I can't on, remember how he. Please. Oh, Freddie. Freddie. <laughs> I know he's too busy pissing on your pool cover. But no. It the story is that, and that's why in the credits it says based on characters owned by NBC, mm. because what they were what they wanted to do was create a, a, a buzz around their coverage of some football. Cover. I'm right. sure if it was Premier League, I guess so. Mm-hmm. And so Jason and his writing guy, uh, Beard, the guy, Coach Beard, mm-hmm. created this character. He, I guess he'd had the character in mind. Mm-hmm. But the idea was he was this um, football coach from America who knew nothing about soccer. And the commercials were so successful that years later when Apple came to Jason and his team and what do you have? And he said, well, I got I got this character mm-hmm. I created for these commercials. And that's how the series was created. Mm hmm. But uh, which I think is interesting, if I may say, because I don't know that I can recall seeing in credits. You know, oftentimes you'll see a credit will say based on a story or based on an idea or based on a short Mm -hmm. whatever by somebody. But I I don't know how I mean them. So he he played the Ted Lasso character in commercials. And what was the was he belligerent? No, no, he was he, he was he was. Not maybe not as soft, but he wasn't belligerent. Mm-hmm. Just look it up when you're done today. It's pr- they're mm-hmm. pretty. They're they're very much. It's you can see the beginnings of that character. The whole point right. of it, he's a fish out of water. He knows nothing right. about European football, right? And he's just over there spouting off all that nonsense, right? The what you just described is his adjusting that character to be softer and and more. You know, he's almost like a little, he's almost whimsical, Ted Lasso. Yes. You know who he kind of reminds me of? He reminds me a little bit, and this is a, a guy from our childhood. He's got kind of a Jimmy Stewart feel to him. Mm-hmm. You know, gentle but strong, sort of mm-hmm. uh, leads by a sort of a quirky example. Yes. Down home, homespun kind of guy. Smarter than he lets on. Smarter than he lets on, exactly. One of my favorite scenes in that entire series is when uh, somewhere in season one where Ted Lasso's in the pub playing darts against Rupert. Mm -hmm. And everyone, of course, underestimating, thinking he wouldn't be a good dart player. And then he does this whole speech about how people have been underestimating me my whole life. And he keeps hitting bullseyes and keeps picking off points. And as the dialogue continues, he says to Rupert, you know, um, in fact, see, you underestimate me. You never asked me if I'd played darts before. Mm -hmm. And then he, you know, he waxes the floor with them. It's pretty cool. Yes, the whole thing is uh, pretty cool. I'm not looking forward to the end of it. There's only, uh, I think there's three more episodes of that to go. And there's two more episodes of Mrs. Maisel. And then what do we watch? Oh, I'm sure something else will come along, or there's something on your list that you can watch. Well, I told you I was back watching Barry, which I've gotten to season four now of Barry on, uh, on uh, what was uh, Bill Brio's recommendation? Damn it. It's so good. 
Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to jump into that. I don't want to at this point. Maybe in the fall, but I don't want to latch on to something that I find myself sitting in front of the television when it's nice outside. Yeah, but now that you're not Let's doing see. your pool, you've got, now you've got now you've got some extra time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't think I'd like it. I mean, it's gotten. I was talking to Lumby on Sunday. It's gotten a little weird. It was always a bit weird, but now it's. I'm more inclined if I'm going to spend some time in front of the uh, the television now. It would be to check out that Sunderland thing. I would, you know. We'll see. Oh, here's some good feedback. Gordon Kennedy. Reading emails on air is just filler for the show. Boring. The whole show is filler. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. How is the, the whole show should be called filler? Because that's all we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. filling time until we die. Um, that's you, funny. It is funny. Um, Who is that? That's just another somebody that listens to us. What's that? That's just I think so that's uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the Gordster. He doesn't really like the show. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think he likes to uh, poke us just to see if we're paying attention to him because that's all people want. All people want is mm-hmm. attention. Uh, Dander- so acknowledging those who contribute to the show is. Um, well, it's boring for Gordon. Filler. Well, and the thing is, I wonder if Gordon ever emailed us, we would read his email. So why don't you do right. that, Gordon? Why don't you give right. us something that's not filler? Uh, and, the, and the 40 seconds we spent on that today, we couldn't have filled that with anything else. No. Aw. Um, Dan Duran, if you're listening, I'm just going to send him a note because we uh, want, I want to go. Oh, there he is. I want to get Dan Duran on before uh, we start talking about outdoor living. Uh, let me see here. There he is. Okay. All right. There's Dan texting Durant. someone? Uh, well, I was texting. Going to text Dan. Then I just saw I got a note from uh, Charlie Glassman. So I thought I'd just quickly respond. Uh, Dan Duran, how are you? That's I'd filler, see? see? Answering yeah. texts during the show. <laughs> is filler. That is super filler. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, buddy. That's, we're the filler boys. <laughs> Have you listened yeah. to them, filler boys? That's right. I, I, I just think it's what what part. So that means there's parts of the show mm-hmm. that he <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that he likes that aren't filler. But uh, listen, yeah. what gourd aside, bitter gourd, whatever his nickname is, bitter gourd aside, we love hearing from people. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. dot com. And you know, if I, if I was still working in radio or we were all right radio, we'd have to do a, a mm-hmm. you know, like Lori Loves show. And uh, they they'd put a morning show promo together that has clips from the, pre, the, the right, previous right. day. Right. So that would be one of the great sh- uh, clips for the show right there. Like you texting. <laughs> the That's right. This like, morning. We, we used to do what that. You missed. Yeah. This is what you mean. You, well, you, dude, you used to do that for us. You used, uh, you voiced those. Uh, I have I have an old one somewhere where yeah. Dan where Dan Duran voiced. Um, like we're standing on this ramp. The cow comes up. This guy puts something on its head and, and hits like a trigger. Yeah. This rod goes down, pierces its brain, and it drops. Like right in front of us kids. I'm not laughing at that, although it is, you know. Hey, it's a good thing we're not cows. But you guys. This is an old Humble and Fred killer. The Humble and Fred Show, not for cows. Okay, so that wasn't Dan Duran, but that's an indication of what you're talking about. A yeah. highlight from the program. 
So, you know, texting is one of... uh, Yes. (laughs) This morning on the Humble and Fred Show, Howard was texting me. Ding, ding, ding. Resting heart rate. Yeah. (laughs) Resting heart rate, bowel movements. Yeah, well, that's the thing about people like Gord. They're not really... they, They like to poke. They like to tear down. They're not contributing. They're not big contributors. Not like you, Dan. No, no. Yep, that's what I do. Is I contribute. I come up with ideas and then uh, bring them to you guys, and then you know, ideas, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He's big on the ideas. Follow through, not so much, but ideas, my friends. Yeah, ideas. Here's got a fella idea. named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is Dan Duran. Dandoran, the Anchorman comes as has for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the Anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house with news and views, movie anchor and radio star, Dan Duran. From the Dan Duran News Dog Division. I don't know if you heard about this, but the oldest dog in the world celebrated his birthday on Saturday, so now the oldest dog is even older, breaking his own record. It is a purebred, I think I got this right, Raffiero do Alienjo. A breed of Portuguese dog, anyway. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Bobby. Mm. What the? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate to, uh, you know, but we had that story yesterday, Dan. Did you really? Yes. I was, that's what I was going to say. You know what that that story? What that one story tells me is that you don't listen to the show. No, he's never oh, heard the show. Okay. Except when, you know, the part you're on. <laughs> 31, you turned 31. Okay. <laughs> yeah, turn 31. Yeah. Which okay, how about crazy. this one? And the, the no, dog, no, but I, uh, listen, there's, I, I'm okay to have that conversation again because we did mm-hmm. reference, I, I referenced Cliff and his age and Stan and his age and the fact that dogs don't live long enough. But uh, I don't know if you saw the picture of Alejandro, the, the, the perro, uh, dog in Spanish. He looks good, man. Like for a 31-year-old dog, he looks great. You thought it, you, you'd think it'd be like limping or something, but it, he just exactly tail wagging all the rest of that, right? He just seemed like he was in decent shape. Yeah, probably smells. <laughs> Definitely, 31-year-old dog is he's got he's got to be ripe. Got some teeth problem. Probably. Teeth and his paws stink. My um, son's dog, Dougie, I picked Dougie. him up the other day, and he went to lick me in his mouth, and he, it's, it smelled like a can of tuna. And he's, <laughs> and he's, just, like a, he's just like a year old. Can you imagine what that's going to be like oh if he ever God. gets 31? Is there anything better, though, than like a puppy, that like that yeah. little puppy breath? I mean, Dan, you wouldn't know because you don't let dogs near your face. Yeah, no, But no, if, no, you like did, yeah, if you works. ever did, if you ever did, do you have a second story, Dan? Well, I'd say, you know, you're sort of the same story. Is oh, dog, and now it's some, somewhat of a same story, but different. Now it's saying more dog. And dog. now it's more things that we talked about yesterday. <laughs> here's, so you guys here's probably talked about the, the guy that was speeding. It was a drunk driver who was speeding, and he was mm. pulled over by cops. And, it, and it, after he got pulled over, the cop witnessed him changing places with his dog. Oh. <laughs> a convincing <laughs> ruse. Mm-hmm. It's like... Swapping places with your dog. And uh, I, I don't know what he thought. The cops had let him go. 
I don't know. Anyway, this is in Springfield, Colorado, 1,300 people, a pretty small town. And he was arrested on uh, charges of driving under the influence, as well as his previous warrants for his arrest. So he's not it's not his first encounter with the law. I love that, though. That is the brilliance of a low level criminal. It's like I'm I'm being pulled over by the cops. I know what would be a better idea. Tell him my dog was driving. (laughs) That's great. Of course a dog would weave back and forth. Exactly. The dog's drunk. No, I would say it's not me, officer. The dog's been drinking. I told him I tried to take his keys away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that's that story. I just wanted to throw one other one out there. Yes. I don't know if you you saw this, but uh, Rudy Giuliani. Have you talked about that? Not yet. No, I saw that story. Yeah, Old Rudy in a another sex capade. Yes, That's right. Uh, s- being sued because this woman he hired, he paid her a million dollars a year, and then actually said he was going to pay her, and then she's suing because he owes her two million. I guess ah. years worth of stuff, but he also coerced her into sex. And that's what the uh, and now she wants ten million for all of that. The thing that's unbelievable is who would have sex with Rudy Giuliani? Yeah, I read part of that story. Said at one point, Freddie, that he was drinking and gobbling Viagra just constantly. Uh, There's another Mm -hmm. line. There's another aspect of that story we could talk about another time. About he apparently was trying to he was selling pardons. for two million a pardon, and he was going to split it with Trump, but that's a second story. Mm. Um, Dan, do you mind? Uh, we just take a little break here, and we talk about um, outdoor living and those type of things because I know, uh, yeah. I know I this might like be a. Hey, here's the thing: this might be a part of the show you're actually interested in. Oh, okay. So maybe you'll listen to this. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Because, um, you know, listen, there's lots of stuff we do in the show. As you know, is just filler. Right. But this is not. Okay. Well, Even, I'll pause. I'll pause. I'll listen. And hopefully it's fantastic. Well, here's what I want. I don't want, Well, if you're going to repeat anything on tomorrow's news that we do today, repeat this yeah. part. Because it's <laughs> okay. a sponsor. All right. And maybe, Good. hey, maybe even Gord... Gord won't think this is filler. Maybe they'll enjoy this. Uh, welcome back to our program. We've been uh, talking about these fine folks for a couple weeks now from uh, Arcadec. Arcadec Outdoor Living. Uh, and now on his Zoom says Architect of Toronto East. Very cool. Craig Keats. How are you, my friend? We're moving up in the world. I love it. Very well, thanks. Thanks, guys. Well, listen, this is definitely not filler. And uh, welcome back. Uh, Fred, did you get that document I sent you? Yes, I did, Howard. Excellent. Uh, we want because we want to get to uh, you know we've sort of given people kind of a warm up to who are and and what Architect does, but there's so much more going on with your company. You, I've heard you say that, uh, and I, maybe you can explain this. That the company is design is a design build. Maybe it's obvious because I'm dumb, but what does that actually mean? Design build. That's uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, that's jargon that we use in the industry. But really, what that means is we're a full service turnkey building partner for our clients. I mean, we help to create the design, you know, right down to an exacting level of detail, and then we also make sure that it gets built to that exacting specification. You know, it's your backyard, your way, done right. Mm-hmm. So we're involved right end to end from the beginning to the end, and take care of your project uh, all the way through. And at what point, so I want to put something in my backyard. I'm not quite sure exactly what I want, uh, how it's going to look, or how it's going to be. At what point would I call you guys? 
you know, really anytime's the right time to reach out, but the earlier, the better, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've built a lot of backyards in our time and we see all the trends in design and construction. We offer free consultations. So, you know, uh, it's really a great way to get started uh, for our customers. And, you know, I think we're always able to help our clients understand some options and possibilities, maybe some new ideas, take their ideas and just, you know, uh, show them how we could make it a reality. So, uh, but generally the bigger the project, the, you know, the longer the ideal lead time. uh, And, uh, you know, for this year, we still have loads of time uh, to, to plan and design and and build a project. That's the key thing about, designers you know i mean even when i had my kitchen done when you bring in the proper people they give you ideas that aren't even part of your world Mm -hmm. you never even thought of that and i imagine with an outdoor project like that you can give advice or uh, ideas on how to use that space that the average guy wouldn't even think possible yeah, absolutely. It's really it's really a collaboration. I mean, mm-hmm. our projects are generally a real collaboration where we take the vision, the the function, the needs that our clients mm-hmm. have, and we're able to apply our experience and our design skill and really come up with something that's uh, sort of the best idea from all of our combined. Clients. And it's not just design. I mean, I'm looking back at some of the stuff. You know, I mean, I, I, I there's so many aspects to this that we're learning. I'm learning. You know, from you know. Permits and code requirements, and the idea that architect acts as the uh, sort of the uh, they, they manage you guys manage the project, your project managers. What? But explain to me, what do you actually need permits for work in a backyard? You know, sometimes uh, you know that's that's really the answer. It depends on the exact specifications of your project, and uh, and depends on where you live, in which jurisdiction that you're in. You know, for example, in Toronto, if you build a deck that's over 24 inches off the ground, you're going to need a permit. Really, uh, and really, permits are just there to make sure that that the project is built safe and is well thought out. Yeah, and they are important because you know, all it takes is one nasty neighbor, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. It, it, it does. I it mean, you hear that all the time. That's right. Yeah. And if you've if you've if you've not planned it right, if you've not gotten the permits, it can become very complicated yes. very quickly. So we're we're really comfortable working with the building departments. I mean, we do this all the time, and uh, you know we're good at we're good at making sure we're fulfilling their requirements, and and you know we're we're. Uh, Definitely on board. If you need a permit for a job, uh, we believe you should do. You should get that permit. I've never we handled the whole process. Listen, and Fred's got way more experience with this stuff than I do. And, I, and, and, and for someone like me, you know, I've had things done in the backyard, some landscaping. It sounds complicated for someone who's never put one in. Is it? Is it overwhelming, or is it? Is it? Is it too complicated? Or how complicated is a project? Uh, you know what? That's why we're here. Is right. to make this simple and easy and straightforward, and to really handle all the details. Uh, it, it is complicated to to transform a backyard, to build a you know to build a brand new deck. Uh, no matter what the elevation of that deck is, it's complicated. Right. That's that's what we do. Uh, so we meet with you. We you know hear your ideas. We see your space. We talk about budgets. We you know come up with ideas. We do the drawings, the plans. We get any permits necessary. Uh, we handle that entire uh, process. And then when we're building it, we're managing the crews, making sure that everything's done exactly right. You know, that's that's exactly why you want to hire an expert like this. I mean, we do this stuff every day. Right. So for this, for, for us, 
this is just called Tuesday. Right, for sure. Just what we do. Uh, And uh, our goal really is to make this project, any project that we undertake, simple and streamlined for our our clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and it all just starts with uh, with a phone call. So give us a call. Let's get talking and, and planning out the next projects. Let me give that number. It's 647-775-9222. I'll give it again in a second. Freddie, go ahead. No, I was saying uh, it's just, yeah. You know, and you, the older you get, the more receptive to you, you are to having professionals do the job. Just from the permit standpoint, that... Even that can turn a lot of people off, like, oh, I don't want to go through all that, so I'm not even going to bother. And, uh, again, to have somebody come in and look look after stuff from top to bottom, is uh, it's just the way to go. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. There's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, you know, we work with the building permits all the time. Yeah. We might add a week or two or a few weeks to a project, but it's not... Uh, it's not anything overwhelming. And again, we take care of all of it. And so. it's peace of mind, which is huge when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, last time Absolutely. with Craig, we talked about guarantees. But this time, I want everyone to understand the takeaway is this. It's not too late. It's the uh, 16th of May. Plenty of time left to get this built. Sure. Give, and, and and what, what architect, architect, architect. Man, what Architect Outdoor Living can do for you is manage the project, manage your expectations. But the beginning of all of this is a phone call. 647-775-9222. Architect.com. And here's the thing with Craig and, and, and the company. Just give them a call. Give them a call. Get this conversation going. It, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a, a deck, but maybe get some answers. So when you're ready to do it, this is the company you're going to have to do it. 647-775-9222. Uh, Dan, Dan, are you still listening or have you given up on the program again? No, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to do it. Because I'm just wondering, uh, Craig, Dan is a very, very handy man. He can do a lot of things. He can build a lot of things. Is there room on the crew for newscaster, <laughs> for, for movie newscaster, Dan Duran? And would that add a little something for the clients uh, of your company? I think that could be a very, very interesting partnership. We should talk some more, Dan. All right. <laughs> do you have any clients Good. that need a deck built over the next two to three years? <laughs> Do you have someone that doesn't need it done until 2026? They they just want somebody to come in there and then they can say, oh, look, that's the guy from (laughs) Spider-Man. <laughs> I'll have to dig deep and see if we've got any of those. Seriously, yeah. find a client that wants movie actor, anchor, movie anchor, Dan Duran, Archadec, A R C H A D E C K dot com. And uh, Craig, what a great uh, chance to chat again. We'll be talking to you soon, I promise. And, Thanks, guys. And again, if you need somebody to. You know, just come over and leave your um, cupboards open as well. You can get Dan Duran. To do it. <laughs> Excellent at that. He's yeah. very good at that. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, guys. All right, Appreciate man. Take it. care. Good to see you, man. Bye now. Yeah. That's interesting to hear about having to have permits, but I... Like, we, like here's a stupid question, because you guys do real man work, you know. Have you... I'm sure you've built decks. Most Do most people even bother with permits? That's just... Probably not. But they should, right? Well, it all depends. I mean, if it's a subtle, small project, no. But I think you're supposed to. But if you have something of any significance and you don't, and again, I'm not kidding. It takes one nasty neighbor to look over the fence and go, hmm, that doesn't look, do they have permits for that? Mm-hmm. And that, my friend, can lead to hell. Dan, you heard him say, if you're building something higher than 24 inches, or, you know, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely true. Like, wait, what, what? Some of the problems. All of, you know, the decks falling down with people on them. Oh yeah, that's, no that's one of the reasons you'd want uh, a permit, especially if it's at height at, at any level. And then there's, you know, there's kind of a standard way of building decks, but if you're attaching it to a building, you got to make sure that that's being done right. And a lot of people don't know how to. So do we that. recommend uh, calling Architect, Architect.com. Um, Dan, what do you suppose uh, is your actual uh, from beginning to end deck um, estimation? Like seven months, eight months? What would you do? <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to set it up so that I, you know, I'm not under any kind of pressure. Right. I can take my, I can take my naps. I, you know, I've got other <laughs> things that have to be done in my life. So I know, you know like you're busy. Take time to, uh, you know, do uh, if I get sick, for example, or I'm not feeling, you know, particularly energetic that day, or if I get a gig, you know. Well, I just think it would be worth it for people. It was just, you know, for the novelty of having TV anchor or movie anchorman Dan Duran just muddling about their home for five yeah. or six months. Can you imagine you're working on a deck while somebody's watching television? They look up on the screen and there you are on the exactly. screen and in their backyard. Oh, right. Yeah. At the same, the thrill yeah. of that. Yeah. I, oh. I can't. I can't imagine it. It's a lot. You know, that hasn't it's happened to me, but. It's a lot. To bring joy to people in that way. Before we... uh, It gives you a place to go every day, too. Exactly. That's right. Very important. Dan does enjoy uh, some nice salmon and some broccoli. (laughs) During his his breaks, he likes to have a salmon broccoli um, combo. He enjoys that. Uh, I need somewhere to go every day. I don't know what I do without this basement. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Hey, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you get motivated today and stop pissing on your pool cover? Get rid of that shit. Hey, Fred, tell me what I need to know if I'm a small business looking for insurance. Ah, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Yes, they are. Uh, You know, the concept, all these small companies that uh, believe or believed that they could never afford a benefits package, they get together. This creates sort of the image of a huge company. And now, all of a sudden, the insurances available are affordable. And really, that's how it works. So... You, uh, your small business, be it one to, uh, say, 100 employees, uh, can become part of this, and it all starts to make sense. The premium's affordable. Uh, they've done a great job in holding the line in those premiums over the past several years, even through COVID. Quite uh, impressive, actually. And so prescriptions and dental, usually at the top of everyone's list, they want that looked after, but there's travel and there's a mental uh, health component. They have an HR department that you can tap into. Again, another huge benefit for a small company. You know, get advice on how you're supposed to handle that employee. You know, mm. it's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. All right. Well, there's been enough filler for one day. <laughs> I love that. You've got a golf game to go to. I'm uh, not really in a hurry because I'm. Uh, one of the, I think I'm the second last group out, so it won't be for a couple hours. I got. Oh, time. that's for the superstars. They put them out last, right? They put the leaders out last, Dan. Yeah, not the superstars. Oh. The people that are leading. So I'm. Uh, my team is uh, currently in fourth place. So we're three back of the leaders, and we will uh, be off later this afternoon. In case you want to watch it. Oh, you can watch. I'm it. You can watch it where? You're watching on my phone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, oh, I'm going to stream it live from my phone. That's what I should do. 
Yeah, you should they get, get a GoPro. on FaceTime. I watched how he's golfing on FaceTime. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get a, man. Get a GoPro on your uh, golf hat. Yes. Just, yeah, the whole time, and we can just be with you. I would love that. Um, yeah. Tomorrow on the program, uh, what we should do is send Dan a list of things we talked about today and see if we uh, can line up You know what we're doing with the... Uh, tomorrow's program uh tony clement returns haven't talked to tony for a while that'll be interesting as always sound effect hang on a minute um it's my wife's birthday today oh dolly doll what are you gonna do (laughs) uh we're going over to my daughter's later on we're gonna have some thai food and cake you know and the kids are very busy. John's got hockey tryouts, and May's got something else. So we're going to fit it in. Thai food and cake. Thai food you know, and I cake. Went the other, I went out the other day and I bought her lovely flowers and a card for Mother's Day, and then her birthday's today. And I completely, I don't have a card. I don't just take and do get the flowers. She's you right gave upstairs her. now. I'm going to go say happy birthday, but I'm not going to be able to hand her anything. Get the flowers you got her for Mother's Day and put them in another box. Yeah. Is she awake? But I can say uh, yes. Oh, she is awake? Yeah, mm. but she's not. Um, maybe I'll, because we're going over to my daughter's, maybe I'll keep, a, I'll go get something today and keep it like, you know, it's part of the celebration. Everyone giving her presents at the same time. Maybe that's my strategy. Here's what maybe we're sneak out of your basement and go to your neighbors and like uh, pick some flowers. And then, you need you know, a card, though. You need yeah, hang on a make second. one. That's a good dad. Yeah. Hang on a second. Save Dylan. Is that her? It must be her cell number because my yeah. home phone's not ringing. It's doll. Come on, doll. Answer your phone. Some more filler. <laughs> Hi, Howie. Hi, Dolly. Hey. How are you? I'm good, sweetie. Um, we're still recording the podcast, so don't say any of those oh. nasty words that you sometimes. Don't so. swear. Yeah, okay. don't swear. <laughs> doll. Yeah. The Fred man just told us all that it was your birthday. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. It is my birthday. I'm getting and up there. That's for sure. Well, you're still, that thing is, yeah, Fred's just a tiny bit younger than you. But, hey, he said he gave you some flowers for Mother's Day. Do you remember what they look like? They're beautiful pink yeah. roses. Well, enjoy them because they're they're also for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. They still look pretty, so that's perfect. Well, and so do you, Joel. So Aww. do you, my friend. Aww. Thank you. Yeah, Thank doll. you so much. Well, you're very welcome. And listen, Doll, um, you know, oftentimes this program that we do, uh, the Humble and Fred Show, has been described as just three friends sitting around, you know, talking and stuff. Right. I was just wondering if maybe they'll be maybe, maybe for your, maybe for your birthday you'll actually listen. It would be fun. Do you think I should? Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> oh, Dolly. Well, there may, maybe not the whole show because there was a part where Fred said he was going to piss on the pool cover, but that's a different. It was in context. I said Dougie did that. It's in context. Yes, exactly. Um, enjoy your day, doll. Have fun with the kids. Thank you so much. All right, sweetie. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. It's doll. It's the fucking sweetest thing, man. That wasn't bad. Uh, it's pretty no, good. No, she is sweet, and I mean, I. Yeah, I guess you can guess her age. It's around mine, but uh, yeah. Looking good. Looking good. That did. The quality really was pretty is. good there, huh? Yeah. Just totally like that. I, in fact, the quality was be- almost better there than the quality with uh, Weeks' phone on Zoom. Doll could do Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Uh, yeah. 
Well, yeah. Brampton edition. Yes, she could. Uh huh. Brampton edition. <laughs> the Brampton edition. Uh, yeah. Brampton Illustrated. <laughs> that's funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounded great, sweet doll. Uh, okay, so uh, that's uh, Tony Clement tomorrow. Uh, I have a bunch of stuff for Tony, things I've saved up. Just a little thing on how time flies. Um, yeah, we're both going to be 67 this year. We are. And we started going together when we were 17. Mm. Do the math. Um, uh, 50? <laughs> Crazy, eh? 50. Think about that. Yeah, that's wow. right. Doll's biography, 50 Years a Slave. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. It's amazing, actually. It really is. Well, it just goes to show you what a truly good, good person you are. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have a joke for that. Just I, I mean that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I look at her sometimes and I think, how many times over the past 43 years we've been married she's thought of should i ask him if i can get out of this um mm. but she hasn't no well, i i don't i you know i know you like to joke but i listen i've seen how she looks at you she still thinks you're the greatest <laughs> really? oh yeah are you serious yeah i wasn't just serious i just I had no joke for it i've seen it i saw it up close i was there for uh how long were we together in mexico for five weeks almost mm-hmm. probably went for dinner hung around came over and visited uh you know four or five times which is a lot for us because we don't like to see each other more than once a quarter yes. and um i got to observe a uh, doll in the wild and uh and you guys yeah she's still uh and i listen i'd like to come up with a joke i don't get it myself but uh sincerely it just goes to show what a uh a good human being you've be, you are not become because she loves the shit out of you Oh, Does that make you uncomfortable? Would you rather I made fun of you? No, there's stuff you take for granted, right? And you mm. don't see. You well, can't I saw see it because it's right in your fucking face, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, it really is. Yeah, it's something else. She's, and, and I said this a while ago, and I, 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 I maybe it went over everyone's... Doll really does have an ethereal quality. If, if, it's, if it's possible, in the sense of that word, that she's almost... And I'm not making it up. There's almost like something. Uh, it's so otherworldly. She's so sweet. And, and some people are sweet. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this person's, but this person's nice. But Doll has this weird sort of spirit about her. You know, I don't believe in that stuff. But there's something about Doll that, you know, she just is never not the sweetest in every situation. Even when she's mm-hmm. being funny. And um, can be, you know, sarcastic a little bit, but it's always in this bubble of of sweetness. And and here, having having been in your universe for fifty years, you wonder how come none of that rubbed off on her. <laughs> I know, I know. See, there's the joke. <laughs> yes, but I wasn't. I was serious when I said that about you. You must be. You really are a wonderful person. If that's the uh, here's what ethereal means extremely delicate and light in a way that seems too perfect for this world tell me how that doesn't describe your wife well i can't argue i can't put, put that she in her card do, yeah she deserves more than me extremely delicate and light in a way that seems too perfect for this world not a way that i've ever been described <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, also, also uh, getting back to Fred's character, then if a person that's ethereal like Doll is right appreciates Fred, there right. must be something. He's that like Fred ethereal has. light. 
Yeah. Although the part about seeming too perfect this world, I can't go with that. <laughs> That's yeah, true. I mean, I went, I went, somebody like that. I went, listen, I went down the road of saying what a good man you are, Charlie yeah. Brown. <clears throat> yeah. But let's be serious. Um, okay. Happy birthday, doll. And uh, thanks, everyone. Hope there wasn't too much filler on the show. And we will uh, see you all. Mañana, mi amigos and amigas. Yeah, birthday stuff. Birthday stuff. Hold on, sorry. You know, you know that. Yeah, yeah. Birthday stuff's filler. You know that. Yeah, stuff like well, that. Listen, we've been doing filler for one hour and 42 <laughs> fucking minutes. Not to mention 33 years. Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Appreciating Fred and Doll was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, and our newest sponsor, which is a previous sponsor returning, Palma Pasta. We read all of our emails, and we've got that Friday email show coming up, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out. So does writing a review. Maybe someone will notice. Mm. We can increase our little community here by one more person. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, I'm no longer the cover speakers with a garbage bag guy. I'm also no longer that don't close the door guy. I'm Dan Duran, the door closer. I close all the doors. Cupboard doors, <laughs> car doors, house doors. If you've got a door, I'll close your door. Because I want you to enjoy every goddamn day. Clap your hands. Hands. Where's